Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everybody, Steve here. As I mentioned before on the Rule for Combat podcast, that we would have some representatives from Paizo to come down and sit with us and talk about the new classes that were just introduced in the Starfinder playtest. So today I have Rob McCary, the creative director for Starfinder from Paizo, to sit down with me to talk about quite a few things. We talk about the three new classes for Starfinder, the Biohacker, the Vanguard, and the Witch Warper. And we talk a little bit about the Character Operations Manual, which is the new hardcover book coming out for Starfinder at the end of 2019. I want to thank Rob for coming on the show on such short notice and going through all of these characters. And I'm sure you don't want to listen to me anymore. So let's go right into the show and talk about these three new classes. Hey everyone, Steve here, and I have a special guest. I have creative director of Starfinder, Rob McCurry, and we're going to go over the three new classes that were just released for a playtest on Starfinder. Hello, Rob. Hello. I am very excited. Everyone just came out of nowhere. It was just like everyone's just going about their business and all of a sudden, boom, three new classes dropped in everyone's lap and everyone just went crazy. And then when we have to quickly like play test these things and give you guys feedback over the holiday season, n- no warning whatsoever. Oh, we had a little bit of a warning a, a week before uh, where we kind of teased it. But yeah, we didn't want everybody sort of endlessly speculating uh, before we were actually ready to release it. I guess probably the best way to do this is just to go over each of them and just explain, I guess, what your method to the madness of each of them was. And there's three. I mean, there's like Biohacker, Vanguard, and Witch Warper, which is hard to say. And the first thing everyone has done is try to figure out the Pathfinder equivalents. So Biohacker, people have been saying like Alchemists. Vanguard, people have been saying Monk. And then Witch Warper, people have been saying Sorcerer. Does that sound about right? Or like, what is it on your side? Or what do you guys think? Uh, we we actually tried to make these less sort of Pathfinder specific. I mean, certainly with the core classes in the in the core in the core rule book, you can make, you know, a soldier is a space fighter and maybe the envoy is a space bard. We tried to get a, a little bit away from that. Um I mean, you can still see some of the DNA there. So like you said, the biohacker can be a, like the space alchemist, but they're a lot more than just a, a Pathfinder alchemist with some sci-fi flavor on it. Um, same thing with the Vanguard. I'd say maybe that's closer to the brawler than a monk. 
And the Witch Warper is really, I mean, it's a spellcaster, but it's no more like a sorcerer than any of our other spellcasters. That's really something that we wanted to do completely new. It all deals with uh, pulling things from alternate realities and sort of changing the environment around you by by taking, you know, bits and pieces of other realities and uh, overlaying that on your current reality. Let's just start with the biohacker first, and we'll go through each one of them. Well, this is kind of like your uh, your scientist class. Um, I mean, of course, anybody can be a scientist in the game, but these the biohacker is really focused on on science and, in particular, injections, injecting different compounds into both friends and foes to either you know buff people or uh, penalize them in some way. Um, you can actually take two different routes with the biohacker. Um, you can be the sort of the very studious one who's gone through and studied and learned all these things, or you can be a lot more of an instinctive one, like a mad scientist. And you're just kind of mixing up crazy compounds and injecting them with people. That's kind of their, their core class feature is this injections ability. Um, in Starfinder, we have a class of weapons called injection weapons, um, and that you know you shoot people and it injects them with whatever you've got loaded with. And this class is really designed to work with those weapons, and they can sort of create these injections on the fly, shoot them through their guns, or stab somebody with a syringe type thing, and get all sorts of crazy effects. Yeah, and uh, our Dead Sons Adventure Path, we actually have those Needler pistols. But we never use them because they, they, they like work, but then they cause damage. And like with the healing serums, which only heal like 1d8, the problem was I think we were causing more damage than healing because the damage was like like four and then the healing would be one. So we kind of stopped using that after a while. Yeah, and the biohacker has some ways to to offset that, particularly to, to use against their, uh, to use on their on their friends and allies. So what was the niche you think the biohacker was set up to fill i'll ask you about for each you know all three of these but like what was the thought behind the biohacker of like how they would fit in with the party it sounds like they're kind of kind of support in a way yeah they're definitely a, a support class um we wanted you know the the in some ways, the they they do similar things to the envoy, um, although in in a different in a different way. But we wanted them to be able to you know, work to, to either buff or, or debuff, um, and have more sort of utility type things to do. Um, so they're not, they're not just, they're not kind of a one trick pony. They have lots of different things for lots of different, um, situations, but in particularly like helping remove some negative conditions or imposing those on other people, maybe even changing, uh, some things about your enemies. So if they're immune to a certain type of energy, you can change that immunity to a different energy type so that you can actually hurt them with that. So it's almost like manipulating things on a genetic level to some extent. Yeah, I kind of like the restorative ability where you can change armor class, skill checks, or speed, which was, I think, more or less unique to the game so far. Yeah, and there, there's several things like that. I, I should also point out that because these are playtest classes, I mean, the final versions that will appear in late 2019 in the character operations manual will likely be different. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we're playtesting. Um, excuse me. In some cases, we tried to be a little more wahoo. You know, we, we want to playtest some of the crazier ideas to see, you know, if they'll work or not. So we do want to keep that in mind that it will not necessarily stay the way it is uh, when we get to the final product. So next I will go to Vanguard. So I was kind of excited because I love playing Monk's that's like my go-to class in any role-playing game. And they seem like a monk, but as you said, they actually seem more like a brawler because brawler is probably the most complex class 
in Pathfinder. And then I read through Vanguard. I was like, wow, this is a complex class. There's a lot going on. There's a lot you got to keep track of, like changing. There's a lot that can be changed on the Vanguard. So when you said that it's more like a brawler, I think you're right. It's 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 more like a brawler than the monk even. Yeah, we wanted something to be, we, we did want someone to be a good unarmed combatant. Um, you know, a lot of Starfinder, there's a lot of focus on the ranged combat and you can make a, a, a melee character, you know, like a Solarian or a soldier, but we wanted someone who would be really good at unarmed. Um, but we also wanted to keep the science fantasy flavor that Starfinder has. So we kind of have this idea of entropy and manipulating the forces of entropy. So while they're a good unarmed combatant, and they don't have to be unarmed, they can use weapons as well, but they can also absorb damage and use that to power their own abilities. And in some cases, even, you know, you have the, that thing where somebody throws a grenade and you get caught in and you get mad at your buddy for catching you in the grenade that's actually good with the vanguard because they can absorb some of that energy to power themselves up to do worse things against your enemies yeah that 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 sounds like a lot of fun because our guys um always flub their grenade rolls and hit themselves so yeah you can turn it into a benefit getting hit by your own guys finally yeah, the Vanguard is kind of like we also wanted to build as part of with this martial arts we wanted to build a tank someone that could really go up and absorb a lot of damage and also be good. You know, like the soldiers are good at really dishing out damage, but they eventually they'll get worn down and everything. And we wanted to create somebody who can really just draw a lot of that aggro from their, from their enemies and sort of be empowered by that at the same time. And another thing we did um, that's kind of hidden at the back of the Vanguard class is we've, we're testing out rules for shields, um, which haven't existed in Starfinder other than, there's a piece of art near the beginning of the core rulebook where there's a dwarf holding an energy shield. And uh, we wanted to do that. And vanguards can also deal with those shields as well. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that with the shields because it's sort of just dropped in the middle of the uh, the new rules. It's like, here's three new classes. And oh, yeah, here's shields, by the way. And you even mention in here, like, oh, the new book will have new gear. And this is one of them. It's the shield. How does the shield work with the vanguard? And can anyone use the shield or? Um, for right now, it's it can it can be. Um, I have to remember the specifics. I think it's if you are proficient in uh, advanced melee weapons and heavy armor, you're considered proficient in shields. Um, but again, we're playtesting that out. We'll we'll have to see how that goes. But because they're all about absorbing damage, uh, we wanted to give you know a way for the vanguard to just kind of hunker down behind a shield and take a lot of damage before then you know dishing out some of that same damage back so just out of curiosity i mean i was reading through the vanguard and there's a lot of number keeping and we play our games online we don't play in person really how do you guys do the balance for how much number keeping you need to do because i thought you know obviously if you're sitting with pen and paper it's just like ticking things off but when you're doing it on the computer which more and more people are doing there's a lot more math you have to sort of change on the fly and do you think it might be too much i don't mean to be critical but i am just asking just because that's the way we play and this looks like the type of class that i would personally play myself so that's just something i was thinking that sounds to me like some really good uh play test feedback to give us because i mean we do we do most of our uh you know, in-house play testing and stuff in person as we, we sit down and play games. So um, I'm not sure how much we've looked at online play as as something to, to think about in terms of the class design. So certainly if we have, if you know, if some of your listeners or you and your, your online play and you think that could be different, that's feedback that we could definitely use. Yeah, definitely. Because we run on our Discord channel about 30 play-by-post games or play-by-discord games. And then obviously... 
I've been playing online almost exclusively for about 12 years now, and our show is online. So, you know, to us, it's second hat. But even little things like having, um, like, the shields, the gray shields that are currently in current Starfinder, where it just adds, like, one extra hit point or, like, three extra hit points, even that is sort of a pain to manage in um, online because it doesn't really... The online tools don't allow, don't let you have like really extra hit points, you know, bonus hit points. So even that can be sort of an issue. So once I saw this, I was like, this looks like a great class, but constantly changing your ACs and changing all this. Like there's a lot that can be changed on the fly, much like a brawler. And I was just wondering, and this might be a little tricky, but I will definitely give you some feedback because this is all we do is online. We probably have about 400 sessions online at this point, so... I mean, at the same time, we we are you know we still consider it a tabletop role playing game, so we you know it's hard to kind of meet that to to find that balance in between stuff because it's it, we don't want to necessarily limit our design because not everybody does play online, but it is certainly something to keep in mind. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to again. I don't want to say that this is too hard to do. It's just um, if anything, the online tools will probably adjust themselves to the classes rather than the other way around because if you know if this is the main class that gets released all the major online tool sets will adjust their tools and the way they they work so that it's easier to play these classes so i know it goes both ways but it does look like a fun class especially because they can just sit there and just take a beating and then they get stronger as they keep getting hit more and more which is one of those weird dynamics of like you know how how much damage do you want to take before you can die? But yet, if you're slowly doing more and more, getting more and more powerful, the more damage you're taking. And I'm looking forward to the time where you're actually asking your allies to attack you to actually get more entropy points so that you can do more damage. That would be fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So the Witch Warper, which is tricky to say. Now, obviously, I knew everyone's like, okay, they're going to have to have a magic class. So what's the Witch Warper? Because they, as you said, they're not really a sorcerer. They're not really like, I mean, maybe like a warlock. I don't know. They're kind of like not, they're not something we've really seen before. They're like sort of a mixture of other classes we've seen before. Yeah, I mean, they, they are a spellcaster. Um, so far in Starfinder, we've only done spontaneous spellcasters. So even, you know, by that, by that uh, means, you know, you could say that the mystic and the technomancer are, are similar to a sorcerer or an oracle for that matter. Um, so, but we, you know, the, the, for key ability scores, the mystic is, uh, has wisdom. The technomancer has intelligence. So that sort of leads us that where we kind of get to that sorcerer comparison is the witch warper is a charisma based spellcaster. Um, but in terms of like, I think a lot of people think of sorcerers as being sort of blaster type classes. That's really more of our technomancer. The witch warper is more of a is designed to be more of a control and utility spellcaster. So more of their abilities are about controlling the battlefield or doing other things than just dealing damage directly to foes. Yeah, I think it comes because when you just said people see charisma. So like charisma, i.e. sorcerer. I mean, that's, you know, right away. That's what everyone does. But once you read through their abilities, and they have a lot of abilities that they can do pretty odd things like preventing wounds, pushing grenades out of the way, the shifting step, teleportation, lessering injuries. Like they have a lot of very interesting uh, abilities that so far none, no one else can do. It seems like I'm always like, you guys come out with so much for Starfinder and especially with the um, the armory. It's like, okay, 
there can't you kind of have to be running out of weird new things but this class probably has more weird new stuff than the other two i would say just just by the nature of it being um a magic based class but they have some really neat abilities that you get at low levels which is nice and we really wanted to to make it distinct from the mystic and the technomancer so that's part of where where those abilities uh come from you know it's like okay well the mystic we don't want it to do what the mystic can do we don't want it to do what the technomancer can do so what can we do there that's different um i think as what we'll see in the in the final book we'll see even more things because they're going to have um more uh witch warper dedicated spells uh right now the spell list in the playtest document there's a handful of new spells and then it's just we've picked spells off the mystic and technomancer list so i think that'll be another thing um once the playtest is over and we and we put the class in the full book we're going to have a lot more spells new spells for mystics and technomancers as well but also witch warper specific spells and that'll also give them a lot of new abilities that nobody else has all right either you're reading my mind or you've done a lot of these interviews in your life because that's exactly what I was going to ask next was, was where they're going to add new spells. Cause right now the spell list is just existing spells, but I would imagine for this new book that there will be new spells. I imagine for all the spell casting classes, but obviously the witch warper will get their own set of spells in addition to some of the existing spells, which you just said they would. Definitely. And we'll have, you know, besides these are three new classes that are going to be in the book, but we're going to have new options for the existing classes as well. We're not, we're just not publicly playtesting all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the character operations manual is going to be basically full of stuff for any character, whether it's one of these three classes that are in the playtest, one of the core classes or what have you. So how much are we allowed to talk about the character operations manual? I know it's not coming out for quite some time and I imagine in the next coming months and you know, like PaizoCon, we'll find out a lot more about it. But is there anything more you can tell us about other than we really know that there's going to be shields, these three new classes and the name, and then it comes out next year. That's about all we know. That's pretty much what we've got uh, for it. Yeah. We haven't listed a release date yet. Uh, we're still working on the book, obviously, because we're still in the middle of this play test. So we will have more information over the next few months, but that's pretty much what we've said and what we, what we can say about it at this time. Are there going to be any more classes or are these the three that that are just going to be dedicated right now for the book? These are the three. We're not planning on doing any other any other new classes uh, for this book. Well, we'll again, we'll have we'll have some new options for uh, existing classes. Uh, kind of a, a way to look at this is if you're familiar with the Pathfinder books, like an advanced player's guide um, that had some new classes in it and then a whole bunch of stuff for everybody. That's kind of this. The character operations manual is kind of the advanced player's guide for Starfinder. Sounds good. So what was the thought behind these three classes? As I said before, like, where did they come from where you were looking to fill niches that didn't really exist before where you guys had these originally for the book, but then they couldn't fit because of like page count for the original Starfinder manual. I'm just curious, like how these came to be these three. Well, we went through several rounds of brainstorms. We knew we wanted to, um, we knew eventually we were going to have probably have to do new classes, or that we would want to do new classes. Um, they were not done originally for the game. The seven that are in the core rule, rule book were the seven that were designed at that time. Um, but we just started thinking first, we just said, okay, you know, what kind of interesting, what cool ideas do we have? What kind of niches do we, do we think we need? That's where we ran into like, okay, we want a unarmed combatant. We want a charisma based spellcaster. Um, we want somebody that's science focused and utility focused. And then we just kind of, you know, talked through and brainstormed and before we kind of settled on, on these three ideas. 
So tell me more about how the play test works for people who haven't done this and actually put in comments. Like after, you know, we have a basically about a month and a half to go through these classes and give feedback. And then I know some of them have changed significantly. I remember the mages way back when, like that went through significant changes. Like what do you do and how do you decide what to include or what to change? Do you go through and test it again? Or do you have like a small mini um, second round of play testing or what, what's the plan with that? So the playtest just started this week. It just launched on Monday um, and it runs through January 16th. So it's about five weeks total. Um, if people can go to starfinderplaytest.com and that gives you all the information, including the uh, the PDF of the, the three classes that you can download for free. Um, and then we want people to, you know, make up characters and play them. Um, actual play feedback is by far the most valuable. So if people can make some characters and either run them through a one-shot adventure or even a couple of mock combats, that would be great. But uh, of course, you know, if you if you don't have time or the capability to do that and just want to read through them and give ideas or make up, you can still make up some characters um, that can, you know, we're interested in knowing people's choices. Um, and then... We have two primary ways of uh, getting feedback. The first is there's a survey for each class. So if you make up a biohacker, um, again, on starfinderplaytest.com, there's a link to the biohacker survey where we ask specific questions and you can answer uh, those. And then on our forums on paizo.com, we have dedicated forums for the playtest. There's already discussions going on with people. Um, you can post questions about that. You can do your thoughts about that kind of stuff. It's still, still early days, um, but... We're hoping to get a lot more people talking and uh, get feedback that way as well. And how do these classes work with uh, Starfinder Society? Can they be used right now or is it just playtesting within society? They can be used uh, in society as a temporary thing. We have a, there's a blog post on paizo.com that goes through and also from uh, starfinderplaytest.com it leads you. It, it's because it's there's so many restrictions to organize play. There are several restrictions on the playtest um, that I can't go into all right now, but it's all outlined um, online for you. So it's basically, they're sort of temporary characters that you can play for the playtest. Uh, you, you're not gonna be able to play them all the way through because Again, the classes will likely change by the time of the final book, but we do want people, uh, particularly who are in, involved in Starfinder Society, to give them a try. So go to the website, and it kind of tells you step-by-step step how to make characters for Starfinder Society to playtest. So which one Which one have you played? Which one have you tried out? Which one do you like? What's your favorite? It's hard to pick You know, one favorite, but uh, I think it, it's kind of right now a tie between the Witch Warper and the Vanguard because both of them are, I mean, I like crazy magic stuff, but the, the Vanguard has lots of all sorts of cool stuff too. So uh, just with all these entropic strikes and being able to redirect damage and everything, it's, I don't know which one I like better, but those it's kind of between those two. And how do you guys test these in-house? I know you guys run a lot of games and everyone's running games constantly. And Eric has a game running and I know Jason runs a game weekly and everyone's running their own games. Like how do you guys, you know, I'm just curious, like test your own uh, creations once they've been well created. Um, it kind of goes, it kind of depends on what exactly we're, we're working on. Um, in this case, we didn't do any, um, in-house play testing because we're having this big public play test. Um, besides some of our individual um, designers may have done that. Um, and then they went through the sort of 
our design process, you know, they were first written up. Then we go through several people reading them and developing them and discussing um, what we think then. But we, one of the things we wanted to do is to kind of get them out there in the public as they are now and let let everybody else try. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, in some cases we put in some stuff that was a little bit crazy because we are testing it. And it's if we were just you know, writing it from scratch and putting there, we'd probably pull it back a little bit. But at this point, there's no reason to because we want to see is like, well, is it really broken or can people actually do something with that? What about some of the high level abilities? Like I'm just looking, you know, obviously everyone starts with like these level one, level two characters. I presume you really want people to try to test at the highest level play to see how it works at like level 15, level 17, like, you know, anything in the teens to see how the characters work. I mean, is there experience that people will hopefully make characters at those levels and test them out for you as well? We've certainly asked that in the in the documentation for this playtest. We say, you know, make up characters at different levels uh, because we do want to see that. Um, so that's the they're not really designed and we don't really have time in, our, in the playtest period to run a single character from first to 20th level. I mean, so it's kind of, we want people to just pick some levels and that's part of our surveys um, that we're collecting feedback on or, you know, asking what level did you play at? What choices did you make at these individual levels to sort of give us a sense of how people are using them and, and at what levels. Yeah, that sounds great. I know people on the Discord channel for Roll for Combat are very excited. People have been talking about it. I think a lot of people want to play um, the commencement or some of the simpler low-level modules from Starfinder Society to try out these characters. And uh, ourselves on Roll for Combat, I know everyone's already been deciding which characters they want to test out. So we'll probably do like a session or two real quick just to, at the minimum, at the minimum, since I GM, I want to at least try to kill them and see how how well these characters can resist death. Well, take good notes because the surveys ask those sort of questions too about, you know, did you die? Did you run out of resolve points? Did you run out of stamina points? How did you compare to the other things? So definitely pay attention to that. And that's that's all useful feedback. The yeah, problem with my guys is uh, they, they act like buffoons, but yet they're nearly impossible to kill. They 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 act like they don't know what's going on, but yet when it comes down to it, somehow I can never seem to kill them. They're just a little too smart. So they're very good at breaking things. So I'm going to make sure that they, at the bare minimum, get to play a little bit because they, they'll be good for feedback. It sounds like the players in my game too. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, when you've been playing for like 40 years, it's like they know every little little trick in the book. So it's, uh, yeah, you got to really work to kill these guys. So. I'll make sure I'll say, hey, make level one characters and I'll put them up against like a CR four, five or six thing and see how it goes. That'll do it. Yeah, oh, this is great. Everyone's real excited. And suddenly our holiday season's got a lot busier because now we got to quickly get this play test in and get you guys back feedback. And wow, I'm looking at these surveys. These are big surveys. There's like 47 questions we got here. You guys are really asking a lot of questions here. The Vanguard survey's a monster. Some of the questions are easier than others, but yeah, it, it helps us. It helps us sort the data if we can have sort of these, you know. And, and some of them you won't you won't answer all of the questions because some of them are are branching uh, things. So if you answer no to a question, it'll skip over the follow up questions that might do that. Got it. But you guys are you guys are definitely interested in feedback. I see. Definitely want these new classes to be as good as possible. Have you thought of the uh, the paragons yet? The um the uh, Starfinder iconics for these three, or does that come way at the end? Uh, we've started. We've started thinking about them. Uh, we don't have anything publicly to show off yet, but 
Um, we started putting together ideas and we will have iconics for all three of these classes. And as we get closer to the release of the book, you know, on our website, we'll do a meet the iconics where we'll tell their story and introduce them and everything. So that's definitely something to look forward to. Great. Great. Thanks a lot, Rob, for going through these. Uh, we definitely want to test these all out. And as you said before, you can get all of this for free at Paizo. Uh, was it starfinderplaytest.com? You can download the, the book and then go through all the surveys. And also, if you guys are looking for a game or looking for somewhere to playtest these, do go to Roll for Combat, our discord.rollforcombat.com, where we're setting up games as we speak to play by Discord. And I know a lot of people want to test out these characters through some simple Starfinder Society adventures. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're eager to hear everyone's feedback and we want to thank everyone that participates and, and reads through it and everything because, you know, we, this is your game too. We're making this game for the Starfinder players. And so we want them to, we're really excited to have this opportunity to play test these classes and let people try them out and, and give us their feedback. So a huge thanks to everyone that does that. And thanks to you for having me on as well. Oh, it's been great. Thanks so much, Rob. And keep making more classes. We love classes. We'll try, but let's get through these first three first. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Thank you. Steve here. So once again, Rob, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I didn't want to go too much into each class. I figured you guys could just download and play them. That's kind of the whole point of this thing. So we kind of just did broad strokes of what they can do and the general overview of what they were thinking of what they designed them and what roles they fulfilled in the Starfinder universe. But do go to StarfinderPlaytest.com where you can download these classes and check them out yourself. And you can also check out the brand new shields, which of course only does one thing that GMs hate is add more armor class. You guys have enough armor class. You don't need any more. For those of you new to the show, do check out the Roll for Combat podcast. You can check it out at RollForCombat.com, where we are playing through the Dead Sun's Adventure Path. You can jump in at almost any point. We actually have sections where you can jump in at the beginning of each book, and we do large recaps. So if you don't want to jump in right at episode one, because we're already 60-plus episodes into the show, feel free to jump in at the beginning of the book. You can find them at RollForCombat.com very easily. And do know we have a big show tomorrow. There's a big, big fight that everyone's been looking forward to in the middle of book three. And it's coming up. Tomorrow is the day. Tomorrow is the day of reckoning that you will actually finally get to hear at least some of the fights. Because it's a big fight. Might not be able to finish it all in one episode. But do check that out tomorrow. And finally, if you do want to playtest these classes and you got no one to playtest, just head on over to the Discord at discord.rollforcombat.com. That will take you to our Discord channel where you can join other people who are starting to play and playtest these classes. In fact, we just started a Signal of Screens game just today where they're almost all doing the new classes exclusively. So if you want to try something, join a game or GM a game for us. We've got plenty of room, plenty of resources for you, and a great community. So do come and check that out. Otherwise, subscribe to this channel if you want to hear other interviews from other Paizo employees. If you want to check out some of the past interviews, go right ahead. We have several from other employees of Paizo on various other aspects of both Starfinder and Pathfinder in general. And we'll be having many more in the future as new products are released for both Starfinder and probably quite a bit as Pathfinder 2.0 wraps up and they start getting ready for the big new reveal at Gen Con. We're going to have a lot of content for that. But with that, thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys later. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. 
If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com or drop us a line at contact at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. <laughs>